The following program has been paid for by the Apostolic Faith Church. From the heart of the Pacific, in Honolulu, Hawaii, Apostolic Faith Church presents the Kingdom of God Crusade. Join us now for another hour of worship with Pastor Han, the church choir, and the band. We hope and pray that you'll find this next hour of blessing. Good morning and praise the Lord, everyone. I'm Head Pastor Billy Han Jr. Thank you for joining us today. We welcome you to the Kingdom of God Crusade Telecast, being brought to you every Sunday morning, not only here in Hawaii from 8 to 9 a.m., but also in parts of California from 6 to 7 a.m. on station XD TV Channel 13 in San Diego, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KPSC Channel 13 in Palm Springs, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBTV Channel 8 and Comcast Channel 238 in Sacramento, including Chico and Fresno. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBVU-TV, channel 28 in Eureka. From 8 to 9 a.m. on station KOTR-TV, channel 11 in Monterey. From 6 to 7 a.m. on Charter Cable Channel 1519 in Los Angeles. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KQTA-TV, channel 15.3, and Comcast Channel 238 in San Francisco, Oakland, and San Jose. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KECY, Channel 9 in El Central California and New Arizona. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KLSR, Channel 34 in Eugene, Oregon. From 5 to 6 a.m. on station KZGO, Channel 22 in Seattle, Washington. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KUCW, Channel 30 of Ogden, Salt Lake City, Utah, and parts of Nevada and Wyoming. And from 6 to 7 a.m. on Time Warner Cable Channel 503 in New York City. If you'd like more information on our church and view our Kingdom of God Crusade telecast in its entirety, be sure to visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. The Apostolic Faith Church, located at 1043 Middle Street, is the headquarters of the gospel of the Kingdom of God for the whole world, with a sign on the roof of the temple, Jesus coming soon. A landmark in Kali for 99 years, and our prayer tower, the first of its kind in Hawaii, dedicated exclusively for prayer. The church was founded by the late Charles and Ada B. Lockbaum on August the 4th, 1923, and passed on to our late chief pastor, William M. Hahn Sr. in 1959, who continued the gospel to its fullness. We hope and pray that this telecast will draw you closer to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and be a real blessing to you, our television audience, saints wherever you are, and the shut-ins, that is those of you in the hospitals and convalescent homes. And should you need prayer or someone to pray over you, please don't hesitate to call the phone number designated at the conclusion of the telecast. 
At this time, I would like to invite all of you in our viewing audience to celebrate with us at the 54th anniversary of the Hawaii Branch Church, located at 2529 Kinaoli Street in Hilo, Hawaii. Hosted by Paris Walter Aitin Loy, services will begin promptly at 10 a.m. Come and enjoy sweet fellowship with one another and feast upon the pure of God, bring preach to the fullness. Along with our 54th anniversary service, we're also celebrating President's Day. We begin our music program with our church choir as they sing the song entitled, Jesus is Calling America. Like a shepherd calling their sheep to come home, Jesus is calling to all who will hear his voice and obey his commands to come unto him and be saved from this sin-cursed world.
For the first selection, the church band, led by yours truly, will play this upbeat song entitled, A Mighty Fortress is Our God.
our soul is for today's associate pastor Marvin Abing, who will give the Lord all the praises and glory, singing the beautiful song, Does Jesus Care? Jesus cares for each one of his children, and he tells us to cast our burdens upon him. The Lord gives us the peace to know that all things will work together for good to them that diligently seek him. It is comforting to know that he will be with us until the ends of this world. days are weary the Lord 
And now, the church choir will sing a medley of two songs, Truth is Marching On with Battle Hymn of the Republic. Please join in and sing along with our choir members by following the words on your screen. We should all be ready and waiting for the coming of the bridegroom with our lands filled with oil. Watch therefore, for ye know neither the day nor the hour when the Son of Man cometh. Blessed with her God-given talents, our instrumentalist Rose Paco Carter will play for us on her banjo a robust and upbeat tune entitled, Give Me Oil in My Lamp.
Coming up next will be our faithful vocal group, The Jubilees, under the direction of Emilia Hahn, with an inspiring and moving rendition of His Amazing Grace. It gives me the greatest of pleasure to dedicate this beautiful song to a very, very faithful couple in the Lord, Mr. and Mrs. Kenneth and Dolly Alvaro of Oahu, Hawaii. We pray the Lord will continue to bless and strengthen you as you press on with Jesus. There is nothing impossible with our God as we ask in faith, believing in Jesus' mighty name. Have an incredible Sunday. Greetings in the sweet name of Jesus. I'm Associate Pastor Melvin Honda, and I'd like to repeat our television time station and locations in the continental United States for a viewing audience, especially if any of you plan to visit or reside in California, that these telecasts can now be viewed every Sunday morning from 6 to 7 a.m. on station XDTV channel 13 in San Diego, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KPSE channel 13 in Palm Springs, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBTV Channel 8 and Comcast Channel 238 in Sacramento, including Chico and Fresno. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBVU-TV Channel 28 in Eureka. 
from 8 to 9 a.m. on station KOTR-TV channel 11 in Monterey, from 6 to 7 a.m. on Charter Cable channel 1519 in Los Angeles, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KQTV, TATV channel 15.3, and Comcast channel 238 in San Francisco, Oakland, and San Jose. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KECY channel 9 in El Centro, California, and Yuma, Arizona. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KLSR channel 34 in Eugene, Oregon. From 5 to 6 a.m. on station KZJO channel 22 in Seattle, Washington. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KUCW channel 30 of Ogden, Salt Lake City, Utah, and parts of Nevada and Wyoming. And from 6 to 7 a.m. on Time Warner Cable channel 503 in New York City. If you'd like to know more about gospel work and view our Kingdom of God crusade telecast in its entirety, please visit our website on JesusComingSoon.org. And now, concerning a schedule of gospel services here in our home state, Hawaii, services are held at the temple every Tuesday and Friday at 7 p.m. On Sunday, gospel services start at 10 a.m. and divine healing services at 7 p.m. Sunday school for all ages begin at 9 a.m. and prayer services are held daily in the prayer tower at 2 p.m except on Fridays at 10 a.m. At our Kamiki Branch Church located at 1361 Palolo Avenue, gospel services are held on Wednesday evenings only at 7 p.m. The same schedule is observed by neighbor island branch churches as services are also conducted by Pastor Reginald V. Castanero Sr. in Kanakai Molokai, by Pastor Walter I. Tinloi in Hilo, Hawaii, by Pastor Leonard K. Y. Asano Sr. in Kaloa, Kauai, by Pastor Hannibal Esparo in Balogo Pikawayan, and by Pastor Vesper Esparo in President Rojas, Cotabato, Mininao, Philippines. At our Maui Branch Church in Lahaina, Maui, services are held every second Sunday of the month. You're welcome to attend these services regardless of church affiliations. There are no collections. However, if you desire to voluntarily contribute to support these telecasts and the Lord's work, you may do so by sending your donations to the address designated at the conclusion of the telecast. And now I'd like to return our program to head pastor Billy Hahn Jr. who will bring forth his spirit-directed and spirit-inspired sermon. Pastor Billy? Thank you, Melvin. One of the reasons I truly feel blessed is that I have the opportunity to share the good news of the glorious gospel of the kingdom of God with you, our TV congregation, through these weekly telecasts. Man's human instincts cause him to embrace sin and shun the Lord's sacrifice and call to everlasting life through his salvation. It is my sincerest desire that you will not fail to heed the Lord's commandment to repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus. I pray that as a result of the gospel message you will hear today entitled, Obey Them That Have the Rule Over You, we move a step closer to Jesus. On Monday, we celebrate President's Day, a holiday observed to recognize all the presidents who were ever elected to preside over this great country we call America. According to God's word, it is our duty to obey the laws of the land, to honor the leaders of this nation, as well as the leaders of these islands and to pray that they will rule in the fear of God and not man. And now, television viewers, 
Let me direct you to 2 Samuel, the 23rd chapter, verses 1 to 3. We read, Now these be the last words of David. David, the son of Jesse, said, and the man who was raised up on high, the anointed of the God of Jacob, and the sweet psalmist of Israel said, The Spirit of the Lord spake by me, and his word was in my tongue. The God of Israel said, The rock of Israel spake to me, He that ruleth over men must be just, ruling in the fear of God. And that is exactly what King David did. And in turn, we should respect those that rule over us. As we read in Hebrews 13, 17, Obey them that have the rule over you, and submit yourselves. For they watch for your souls, as they must give account that they may do it with joy and not with grief for that is unprofitable for you. And finally, remember them in your prayers who have given the word of God and preached the promise of eternal life. The star of our weekly telecast certainly is Jesus, and you should always hang your laurels upon him. To me, every hour of the light and dark is a miracle. Every cubic inch of space is a miracle. The sea is a continual miracle. The fishes that swim, the rocks, the motion of waves, the ships with men in them. This excerpt from Walt Whitman's poem, Miracles, reveals beauty in the wonder of God's creations and reminds us that we should never take it for granted. Each tree, each branch, each leaf, each blade of grass in its own individual splendor is a living monument to God's creative genius. Someone said, miracles take place, not because they are performed, but because they are believed. Many say, I will not believe until I see a miracle. Yes, viewers, you will never see a miracle without first believing. But seeing and hearing are not enough. You must believe. You believe that the person you married and the children you brought into the world and your brothers and sisters and parents and relatives and friends and every passing stranger without exception are honest to God miracles. Let us read Psalms 8, 1 through 9. O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth, who has set thy glory above the heavens. Out of the mouth of babes and sucklings hast thou ordained strength because of thine enemies, that thou mightest still the enemy and of the avenger. When I consider the heavens, the work of thy fingers, the moon and stars which thou hast ordained, what is man that thou art mindful of him, and the son of man that thou visitest him? For thou hast made him a little lower than the angels, and hast crowned him with glory and honor. Thou madest him to have dominion over the works of thy hands. Thou hast put all things under his feet, all sheep and oxen, yea, and the beasts of the field, the fowl of the air, the fish of the sea, and whatsoever passeth through the paths of the seas. 
O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth. In John's gospel, we watch Jesus perform his first miracle, the changing of water into wine. As we follow him through the word of God, we have seen him perform wonderful working miracles. He healed a man who had been helpless Christopher for 38 years. He fed thousands of people with a few loaves and fishes. He walked upon the water. He gave sight to a man who had been born blind. We read in John 9, 1 to 3, And as Jesus passed by, he saw a man which was blind from his birth. And his disciples asked him, saying, Master, who did sin, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, Neither had this man sinned nor his parents, but that the works of God should be made manifest in him. Thus we see not all sicknesses of the devil, but for the glory of God. These are some of the miracles, and many miracles are recorded in the only three, other three Gospels. Reading John 20, 30-31, And many other signs duly did Jesus in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written that he might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing he might have life through his name. John also tells us that if all the things Jesus did were written down, even the world could not contain the books. However, the greatest miracle of all was the raising of Lazarus from the dead. It is true that he raised Jairus' daughter, but she had just died. It is true that he raised the widow's son, but he had not been buried. Lazarus had been dead and buried total four days, yet Jesus raised him to life as easily as you and I can speak his name. In this miracle, we see the greatest proof of Jesus' divine power. We read in Matthew 28, 18, all power is given to me in heaven and in earth. As human beings, we see him weeping over the death of Lazarus. As God raised Lazarus from the dead, there had never been one like Jesus, the Son of God and the Son of Man, the great, loving, compassionate Savior. In a little town of Bethany, about two miles from Jerusalem, lived three people whom Jesus loved, Mary, Martha, and the brother Lazarus. He considered it a privilege to go to their home to rest, enjoy sweet fellowship with those close friends. What is fellowship? It is walking or living in the light, and the light is Jesus. Reading 1 John 1, 7, But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If Jesus came to your city, I wonder if he would want to go to your home. I'm afraid that some of us would be obliged to do some house cleaning before we could even think about inviting him to be our guest. Would you feel comfortable if Jesus came to your home and found drugs, liquor, or pornographic materials or whatnot? Would he find dust upon your Bible? Would he hear filthy communication coming out of your mouth? Let's read in Ephesians 4, 29-30. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers, and grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. The day of redemption refers to the day when our Lord will return to make our bodies like his glorious body. We know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Would he find your house filled with the comforts and convenience of this world, which you have bought with the tie that you withheld from him? Would you be embarrassed to have him there with all that's going on in your home? Let's hope and pray that our homes are like the one in Bethany. While Jesus was preaching on a preaching tour, Lazarus became ill. He had two marvelous sisters, yet they could not prevent his sickness. Sickness is a common experience of men. Some say that sickness is the error of the moral mind, but this man's mind was not sick, it was his body. Job was a good man who became very sick. Three friends came to see him and he called them miserable comforters. 
Each one of them tried to prove that Job was sick because he was a sinner. We have no right to say that all sickness is the result of sin. Some of the best Christians in the world have been invalids, invalids. Some of the most wicked men have enjoyed good health and long, long lives. Of course, we know that originally sickness, like all other evil things, came to the world because of sin. There was no sickness until Adam and Eve sinned. There will be no sickness, no pain, no sorrow in heaven. As you read in Revelation 21, 4, And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. Sickness often comes as a blessing in disguise. Take the true born-again believer who had forgotten his vows. He lived a lukewarm and backslidden life. The things of the world had gotten the best of him. God inflicted him with sickness and sorrows to draw him back to the faith. The sickness seems hard at first. Then he thanked God for the disease which brought him back to the Lord's side. We learn that sickness is often sent for our own good, to draw our affections from the world and back to heavenly things. Reading in 1 John 2, 15 to 17, Love not the world, neither things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. In other words, do not give first place in your affection and interest to anything that belongs only to the world system that we can see or the age in which we live, to worldly amusements and habits which do not glorify God. Choose rather that which will abide forever. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. What did the sisters do when Lazarus was seriously ill? They sent for Jesus. This is what every born-again believer should do in time of sickness. Reading James 5, 14 to 15, Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church. And let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick. And the Lord shall raise him up. And if he have committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. It's not the elf that is going to heal the sick, but Jesus, the greatest faith healer of all time. We thank God for doctors and the advance in medicine, but they are just instruments in his hands. When sickness and troubles come, let us remember that our Heavenly Father has his face turned towards us and we can put our hands in His and be at peace. Let us digress from our message and direct our attention to the gospel. What is the gospel? The gospel is the good news that Jesus saves, Jesus heals, Jesus baptizes the Holy Ghost and with fire, and Jesus is coming soon, and sooner than you think. There are many today who come during the night to seek spiritual blessings and witness the wonderful works of God during our divine healing service every Sunday evening. They see the wonderful healing power of the Lord. While the Africans are being prayed over upon, being anointed with oil in the name of Jesus. After seeing these wonder-working miracles, many which only came for healing, realized that they had to be born again, repent of their sins, and take on His name in water baptism. We give them some very explicit instructions regarding being born again. Listen to John 3, 5. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. To be born of water is to be baptized in water by immersion in the name of Jesus Christ, according to Acts 2.38. Repent and be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and he shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. To be born of the Spirit is to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, speaking in an unknown tongue, the only sign which confirms one has his gift, according to Acts 2.4. 
And they were all filled with Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. It's the Spirit that gives utterance, not man. Outside the name of Jesus, none can be saved. Acts 4, 12 states, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Now that's God's word, not mine. Now let's refocus upon our message. The message the sister sent to Jesus said, Lord, the one whom you love is sick. They did not tell Jesus what to do. They left everything up to him to do what he thought was best. Now, when Jesus received the message, he spoke to his disciples. Let us read John 11:4. When Jesus heard that, he said, This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. Jesus didn't mean that Lazarus would not die, but he meant that death would not have complete dominion over him. You see, the raising of Lazarus was going to be a Christ's climatic miracle. Thus, he permitted Lazarus to die and the sisters to plunge into sorrow for a time in order that God might be glorified. Now, Jesus loved Martha, Mary, and Lazarus. You would think that Jesus would haste himself and revive Lazarus, but he waited two days. Finally, time had come for him to act. He did everything on time and did not run ahead of God as we often do. As Jesus and the disciples walked along, he broke the news to them. In the 11th verse, our friend Lazarus sleepeth, but I go that I may awake him out of sleep. Then they said, Lord, if he sleep, he shall do well. He saw that he didn't understand. Thus he simply said, Lazarus is dead. We look upon his death as an awful thing, and to the human mind, it is just that. We go to sleep each night, and when we awaken the next following day, we have the same old aches and pains, the same old troubles and sorrows. But how different it is when we sleep with Jesus. We awake on another shore and find that we are on the threshold of heaven and eternal life. When Jesus reached Bethany, he found that Lazarus had been buried four days. These must have been days of distress for the sisters. They had sent for Jesus and he hadn't come. They must have lost all hope. Now Martha ran out to meet Jesus. She was the active sister, always doing something. Mary was the pod, pensive, meditative one. Stunned with grief, she sat in the house and waited. When Martha met Jesus, Jesus said, as we read in this 22nd verse, but I know that even now, Whatsoever thou wilt ask of God, God will give it thee. Jesus answered as you read the 23rd verse, Thy brother shall rise again. Martha responded in the 24th verse, I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection at the last day. She believed in the resurrection, but she could not quite grasp the fact that Jesus could restore her brother's life that very instant. Jesus said some of the most marvelous things ever spoken by anyone. And one of these is found in the 25th and the 26th verses, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? What did he mean? He meant that those who believed in him, even if they were dead like Lazarus, would again be brought to life. What about the saints who lay asleep in graves all over the world? We read in 1 Thessalonians 4, 16, For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. And what about those who were living? Jesus said that they would never die, as you read in the 17th verse. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. This is the blessed hope of the church. 
the second coming of Christ in clouds of glory for his own or those who are water washed, blood washed, spirit filled, and walking in the light. Viewers, are you looking for that blessed hope? I hope so. Now, Martha didn't seem to understand all of this, but she did contend in John eleven twenty seven, 27, Yea, Lord, I believe that thou art the Christ, the Son of God, which should come into the world. Mary went to meet Jesus and mentioned the same thing that Martha said, Lord, if you had been here, our brother would not have died. Then they all wept, including Jesus. He wept in sympathy for his friends. His heart is always touched by our grief. Therefore, though we have the promise that God will wipe away all tears from our eyes, still he shares our sorrows with us. Jesus went to the grave of Lazarus. Let us read the 39th verse. Jesus said, Take ye away the stone. Martha, the sister of him that was dead, said to him, Lord, by this time he stinketh, for he had been dead four days. The stone was rolled away, and Jesus lifted his voice and prayed. He always prayed before any great undertaking. If he felt the need of prayer, he who was without sin and who possessed all power, how much more should we feel the need of prayer? We read in the 41st and the 42nd verses, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me. And I knew that thou hearest me always. But because of the people which stand by, I said it, that they may believe that thou hast sent me. Verse 43 says, And when he thus had spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. I believe if Jesus had not used the name Lazarus, everybody in the cemetery would have come forth. So great was the power of Jesus, our Savior, Master, and Lord. And what happened? Lazarus came forth, bound hand and foot with grave clothes and a napkin about his face. Again, Jesus gave the bystanders something to do. He said to them, loose and let him go. Now each who touched Lazarus would have a great testimony. They could say, we touched him. We know that he had been dead for four days. We know that he came to life again when Jesus called him by name. This is Christ's great miracle, but it had not been a hard thing for him to do. He made man. He has the power to restore any man to life after death. Let us read John 10, 18. No man taketh it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it again. This commandment have I received of my Father. Miracles are not natural happenings, but supernatural. It was not natural for water to be turned into wine. So 
those of you in my viewing audience, if your weakness is liquor, he can turn that liquor into water. It was not natural for leprosy to yield to a word, but it yielded to Christ. Read in Mark, the first chapter, verses 40 and 42. And there came a leper to him, beseeching him, and kneeling down to him, and saying unto him, If thou wilt, thou can make me clean. And Jesus, moved with compassion, put forth his hand, and touched him, and saith unto him, I will, be thou clean. And as soon as he had spoken, immediately the leprosy departed from him, and he was cleansed. Yes, the leper was healed just by the word. And he went forth and spread the good news to the people. It was not natural for a blind man to regain his sight suddenly. But Jesus, the mighty physician, caused it to happen. He had supernatural power, and he did supernatural things. God has made nature, and he has the power to stop it and change its course. That is what we call a miracle. All things are possible with God. Look at the results of this miracle. Many people who saw Jesus raise Lazarus came to believe upon him. They witnessed the mighty power of Christ and believed that he was truly the Son of God. If you'd like to know more about God's Word, the church, and review the telecast presentation in its entirety, please visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. Until our next telecast, this is your host, Head Pastor Billy Hahn Jr., expressing my sincerest appreciation to each of you who have allowed us to come into your homes. May the good Lord bless and keep you all in the hollow of his hands. Once again, we have our church band closing our Kingdom of God crusade telecast with his anthem entitled, Lean on His Arms.
The preceding program was paid for by the Apostolic Faith Church.